You're listening to a sermon from Oak Hill Fellowship Church, a local body of believers in Quarryville, PA. To learn more about Oak Hill, visit oakhillfellowship.com. Now grab a Bible and a notebook and prepare to be spiritually enriched by God's Word. Opening your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, How many of you would like to know what you could expect will happen in 2024? Raise your hand. If, you, if you'd like to know, I'd like to know what to expect. Like, yeah, I'm not saying do you know what you can expect. I'm saying do, would you like to know what you can expect, right? Uh, a lot of us would. And, and, and I, think, I think there are a lot of people who think that they can know what to expect in the year to come. I remember in, in 2020, it seemed like every pastor and organizational leader thought that it was just the most creative, most brilliant thing to say at the turn of the new year into 2020, let's have 2020 vision. Here's our 2020 vision. And they all thought they were being super original too, right? We had, we had all sorts of dreams and plans, and we wanted everyone to know with 2020 clarity so that they could jump on board with us, Right? And then 2020 really happened, right? And no one got what they expected. But, it, but isn't that how God often likes to work, right? He, he consistently reminds us that He is God and we are not. And He does that by overturning what we think we can know and control and expect. And instead, He calls us to walk by faith. In him. That theme is all over the Bible. In fact, you could say it's one of the central themes of the Bible to walk by faith in God. And it is no clearer than in the life of Abraham. This next year, Lord willing, we, we plan to get back to studying the book of Genesis. We're going to pick up where we left off at the end of May, uh, the last half of Genesis chapter 11, and we are going to study, Lord willing, through Genesis 23. Uh, These are the chapters that that cover the life of Abraham, and so we hope to cover that much by Easter time. Now, now after that kind of intro, I have to hold that very open-handedly, right? (laughs) Uh, Because we don't really know what we can expect. We we always hold plans open-handedly, but some of you were expecting that we would study that portion of Scripture a lot sooner than this. Uh, Just to remind you, uh, we we departed from our study in Genesis over the summer so that we could focus on the importance of faithful and focused ministry from the book of 2 Timothy. Our our elders believed that the Lord was leading us to prioritize that theme, that that focus during that time, and and it also provided a good opportunity for us to uh, have a preaching cohort, which you remembered in the video, right? Uh, we, We had expected to then return to Genesis in the fall. Uh, But by the end of the summer, the elders really sensed the Lord leading us to extend that theme of faithful and focused into into kind of an all-of-life discipleship. And so we we took the fall to study Colossians, challenging everyone to identify and take their next steps in their dependence, devotion, and delight in Jesus through every sphere of life. And now... Oh, I'm sorry, Advent season, forgot about that, right? We, we took uh, Advent season to, to focus on how singing is, a, is an important and useful tool used by God to help us in our next steps, right? 
now, we, we, we as elders believe that the Lord is leading us back into Genesis, into the next section of Genesis, to understand the nature of faith, especially as it relates to taking our next steps in Christ. We, we want to hold on to all that God has been leading us through this summer and this fall. We want to we have the theme of next steps and the priority of faithful and focused ministry to others re- remain central to our, our, our ministry. It's going to be language that's consistent within our church in the foreseeable future, but, but we want to make sure that the next steps that we're identifying and understanding are next steps of faith. They need to be faith-filled next steps, which brings us to the life of Abraham. Abraham is viewed in the New Testament as something of a, a forefather of faith. The, the refrain is repeated in the New Testament, and Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Listen, our whole doctrine of justification by faith alone is proven through God's work in the life of Abraham. And as we will see today, Abraham is the central figure in the great faith chapter of Hebrews 11. Even still, Abraham's faith was far from perfect. He was kind of a piece of work. We're going to learn that. We see his faith develop throughout his life as he submits himself to the plan of God. And so if you ever feel like a piece of work, Abraham's for you. We're calling this portion of our study in Genesis, Origins of Faith. Remember, the whole study of Genesis is called Origin Story because that's what Genesis is. It's the book of origins. And so this is Origins of Faith. Not because we haven't seen faith in the storyline of the Bible up to this point. We have. uh, But because so much of our understanding of faith is developed through the example of Abraham. And so, so here's our series vision. I do want to give you just a little bit of a preview today of what's coming. Here's our series vision and our big idea for today. They are one and the same. Develop an abiding faith in Christ's calling and promise that fuels your next steps in Him. Develop an abiding faith in Christ's calling and promise that fuels your next steps in Him. So your Bibles are open to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start into Genesis itself next week. Uh, But this week I wanted to briefly give you a heads up of what to expect as we study Abraham's life and the essence of faith. And really what to expect as you set your heart to the pursuit of developing and abiding faith. Obviously, we've established that, that I can't tell you exactly what's coming in the details of your life or our church, but God does follow some general patterns as He works faith into our hearts. And so I believe that we see some of those patterns in verses 8 to 19 of Hebrews 11. Look down in your Bibles there with me now. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that, was, that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. 
By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars in, of heaven and as many as, and as, as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Developing an abiding faith in Christ's calling and promise that fuels our next steps in Him. That's what we're going after this next season of ministry. And as the author of Hebrews recounts the faith of the saints of old, and especially as he recounts the faith in Abraham's life, I believe that we can see four things that we can expect God to do as we develop that abiding faith. We're going to hit them very quickly today. I'm not going to go into depth in these things because, because really, the author of Hebrews just gave us an overview of the whole Abraham narrative. But on the brink of the new year, when our minds are typically filled with, with wonder and anticipation at what 2024 might hold, or perhaps fear and disillusionment, I want us to know some things that we can typically expect from God. As you develop an abiding faith, expect God, first of all, to redirect your steps. Expect Him to redirect your steps. In verse 8, the author recalls at the very beginning of Abraham's story, and, and it, he recall, I'm sorry, he recalls the very beginning of Abraham's story, and as we jump into Genesis 11 next week, we're going to find Abraham, in, uh, really his name is Abram at that point, he's in the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. Let's just say he's a long way from the place where God is leading him. And that's true both physically and spiritually. And God is going to take him on a journey. And he's going to call him to go to the land that I will show you, God says to Abraham. The author of Hebrews puts it this way. He went out not knowing where he was going. Now, along the way, Abraham is going to get sidetracked. He's, he's going to mess this thing up a few times. And the Lord, in His grace, is going to keep redirecting him in his next steps. No, no, not over there, Abraham. Back over here. Just wait on me. Wait on my promise. He's going to keep showing Abraham that he must not try to accomplish God's purposes in his own plan and his own power. He instead must put his faith in God. As you enter 2024, seeking to develop an abiding faith, expect Him to redirect your next steps. Expect it. I think so often we expect God to affirm the steps that we're already taking. 
We want Him to affirm the direction that we're going. Our, our goals, our plans, our dreams, our, our ways of thinking. We just want God to put His little stamp of approval on it and say, you're good to go. Next. We're so sure that our way is the best way. That our direction is exactly what God wants. That, that God must affirm us. I say this often. We, we think that God wants to tweak us when He really wants to radically totally transform us. And we're okay. We're, we're okay if he meddles just a little in our lives. But no big changes, please. So for example, I'm, I'm okay if he calls me to serve others up to a point. <laughs> but if he crosses whatever that line is, sometimes we don't even know where the line is. So we know it when we get angry about it. If he crosses that line, we're not going any further. We're okay if he interrupts our schedule once or twice a year, but he better not change my lifestyle. Listen, when God called Abraham, everything in his life changed. And that was good. Somehow Abraham needed everything to change in his life. He, he lived in a land of idol worshipers. We see throughout his story that he was, he was prone to self-sufficiency and foolish decision making. And, and yet God had something better for Abraham. He wanted Abraham to live with dependence, devotion, and delight in him alone. And he was willing to take Abraham on a journey to get there. God is willing to take you on a journey to get you to that place of abiding faith too. Expect Him to call you into places that are unknown and uncomfortable. Expect Him to interrupt your status quo. Expect Him to, to redirect your next steps, to, to think that your next steps were in this direction and you've identified and you've written them down and you've put them on your chart and he's like, yeah, but I think I actually want you to go over here. Expect that. Keep identifying and keep taking your next steps in him because, because our next steps are not a once and done thing. Just because the sermon series is over in Colossians doesn't mean we're going to stop talking about this. This is going to be a, a continual focus in our gospel communities this year. And these things that, that we're learning about God and about faith in Him, they're just going to fuel those next steps, right? As you develop an abiding faith, expect God to redirect your next steps. Second, expect Him to reveal your weakness. Reveal your weakness. Look at verses 11 and 12 again. By faith, Sarah received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered Him faithful who had promised Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So out of all the people on the earth that God could choose to be the forebears of his chosen people and carry on the lineage of a Savior, God chose a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman who never had nor ever could have children. That's God's decision-making for you right there. Why? Because that's how God loves to work. It is in our weakness that God's power is proven and made perfect. 
This is proven again and again throughout the Scriptures. Moses is the guy who can't speak. David is the son of, of his, that his father doesn't even want to acknowledge. The disciples are uneducated fishermen who, who the other rabbis have already given up on. And as we come into the new year, we typically want to think of ways to minimize our weaknesses and make ourselves more effective. But I'm here to tell you today that if you want to develop an abiding faith in God, you can expect God to reveal your weaknesses even more. And He's not going to reveal your weakness so that you can check out the right self-help book from the library and go fix yourself. He's going to reveal your weakness so that He can prove Himself strong in the middle of it. And so often we use our weaknesses as excuses for why we can't or shouldn't take our next steps in Christ. But what if we learn to see them as the very things that God wants to use? What if God wants to empower you in your perceived lack of knowledge or intelligence or eloquence or whatever you feel is weak about yourself and use you to lead someone else to Christ or to disciple a person who's younger in the faith? What if God wants to take your your past hurt or loss or failure or source of shame or, or, or maybe He wants to take your current ailment or your current inability and He wants to use that as the very thing where He proves His strength in you. Those are the things that we can expect God to do because He does them all the time when we put our trust in Him alone. You may not like that at first, by the way. I, I, I can help you know what to expect in that. It's probably not going to be your favorite thing at first. Seeing and, and feeling your weakness is not usually that fun. But God will use it in such powerful ways. And He will use it then to do this third thing, reset your perspective. Reset your perspective. That's the third thing we can expect God to do as we develop an abiding faith when God starts to redirect our steps towards His purposes and He begins to show us how weak and helpless we are without Him, something begins to happen in us. We begin to see how, how glorious and powerful He is, how much better He is, and our, our sights are set higher than we ever thought possible. Look down at verse 13 again. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God is not ashamed to be called your God. And He is preparing for you an eternal home of glorious inhabitation where He Himself is with His people and He is your light. 
And here the author of Hebrews is, is not just talking about Abraham and Sarah. He's talking about all the people he's mentioned before them in the chapter and that he's going to mention after them. And this is the very climax of Hebrews chapter 11. It's nestled right in the middle of his comments about Abraham and Sarah. See, this is God's pattern with everyone who would develop an abiding faith in him. And it is especially evident in the life of Abraham and Sarah as they wait on God for their son, Isaac. God was setting their eyes above where he is, where Christ is, right? This is what we've been talking about all in the Colossians series. This is what we've been talking about through the Advent series, waiting for the return of Christ and allowing that to affect our present, right? If you're in our Ecclesiastes study, this is the theme there as well, living with an eternal perspective. We, we must live in this country, remembering constantly that this country is not our only country. This existence is not our ultimate existence. This place is real and to be enjoyed, but it is not all that is real. And it is not the maximum enjoyment. Expect God to reset your perspective above as you develop an abiding faith in Him. But in order to do that, it's going to mean that He's going to need to do this fourth thing. Refine your trust. Refine your trust. The author of Hebrews now takes us to where we will end our study around Easter time. Again, Lord willing. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And this is something that we need to really understand. Our, our, our relationship with God is not pass-fail depending upon the quality of our faith. Our relationship with God is not pass-fail depending upon the quality of our faith. We're going to see that Abraham and Sarah's faith is wavering many times. And our, our tendency is so often to look at the quality of their faith and say, how did these people end up in the hall of faith? And then we, we start doing weird things with the scriptures. But there are so many times when they do not trust God where they take matters into their own hands and they don't follow God's plans. And a lot of times we, we read about God testing our faith and we think about the types of tests that we receive in our Western-type schools, right? This pass-fail mentality. Or, or maybe, maybe we think that faith is graded on a curve. If your faith is above average or average, you're doing okay. If it's below average, you need to get that up. But that's not how God tests faith. When the author of Hebrews says that Abraham's faith was tested, it means that it was proven. It means that it had been refined through many trials and challenges and, and failures. And by the time that we get to the scene where God is asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, the son of promise, Abraham is at a place where he's willing and ready to act out of wholeheartedly. Over the course of his life, God was refining Abraham so that it was more pure, his faith was more pure at the end. 
than it was at the beginning. And yet, even at the beginning, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. That said, at the very beginning of Abraham's life, before his faith had even gone through that refining process. Listen, it is not the quality of our faith, nor the quantity of our faith, but the object of our faith that makes the difference. God is the only one able to raise the dead. And He does so through Christ. He does so, and He can do so, because He sent His Son into the world to conquer death. And He rose Him again for us, and we can expect God to refine us so that our hearts are set on His resurrection. Raise your needy heart by His grace as you put your trust in Him. Expect Him to test, refine, purify your faith until it is proven pure, beautiful, and complete. God won't throw you away if you're not there already. He's not He's not tossing out the people who are still in process. He will work in you to get you to that place of pure, abiding trust in Christ. You can expect it. You may not know what 2024 will bring, but if you set your heart to develop an abiding faith in Christ's calling and promise that fuels your next steps in Him, you can expect that God will redirect your steps Oh, you can expect that he's going to reveal your weakness. You, you can expect that he's going to reset your perspective. And you can expect that he is going to refine your trust this year. Are you ready? Are you willing for him to do that? Are your expectations set in the right place? back of your sermon notes we have the next steps chart that we, we laid out, uh, really I think it was Thanksgiving weekend that we, we gave that out and maybe you already have filled out this uh, this chart, maybe you haven't maybe maybe charts aren't your thing I get that, but, but, but maybe it's just that you're a procrastinator I wanted to give you another opportunity another copy we're not giving up on these next steps things where in the five spheres of your life is the Lord calling you to act in faith? Maybe you're like, I don't know, but I know that this thing needs to change. I, I don't get it, but I know that that's not quite right. Write it down. And then, and then work across the columns and say, what are the prayers that I need to be praying? What are the scriptures that are going to sustain me? What, what are these next steps going to look like? And then share it with your gospel community, gospel community leaders and systems. Let's pray for the Lord to work in our hearts. Father, you are the one who gives faith. You are the one who opens our eyes to see how beautiful and 
glorious you are, how strong you are, how worthy you are. And so I pray that you would do that this year. Lord, I pray that we would not put any confidence in the flesh, but that all of our confidence would be in you and you alone. As we walk by faith, out the various spheres of our lives. Lead us and guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Set our hearts on you. Pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Oak Hill Fellowship Church. Stay connected with us by finding us on social media or by joining us Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Until then, remember that you are loved.